This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Hello and welcome to The Rest is Football with Alan Shearer and Micah Richards and me, Gary Lineker. We hope you enjoyed our tribute episode to Terry Venables. He really was an incredible person and it was uh, lovely to be able to go through and remember some of those special moments that both Alan and myself in particular had with him. That means our regular episode, reviewing the big stories from the weekend's football, is a little later in the week than usual. Um, But hopefully you understand why and um, well... Here we go. Um, And I suppose, really, there's only one place to start. That goal from Alejandro Garnacho. I mean, wow. Wow. Well, you're not going to start with a defender, are you? Go on, you two go first. No, no, I am going to start with a defender, Michael, because you were very close to someone that did something similar. (laughs) (laughs) Gary, it's been so long. Wayne Rooney. I know. It's been so long. I work for Sky now, and basically there was running the advert with Rooney's unbelievable strike for years. <laughs> I'm hoping now that Ganacho has scored this, that they can change the advert. <laughs> I'm hoping. I'm starting a petition, to be honest. <laughs> well, I, I think that might have usurped it. I think it was marginally better. Um, but I must say, you said you work for Sky now, but you, you work for everyone, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, but but wow, it was it was so special, wasn't it? I mean, the ball was he was he was kind of backing up, going away from goal as well. Um, Can I just talk a little bit about Rooney's first though? Yes. So when the ball comes in, and I know I had a bit of fun with it, and I say it was company's man and whatnot. Company slipped a little bit, so I'm in two minds. Do I just throw myself at it? But I'm. As a defender, when you throw yourself at it, you, you're scared of them just having a little touch over you and then having time to just finish it off. And then I seen Rooney in a position. I was like, okay, I'm going now, I'm going now, I'm going now. 
But I seen him sort of, it was all happened in slow motion. He's lifting his legs up. And I'm saying in my head, there's no chance he's scoring that. There's no <laughs> chance. There's no chance. Fuck me, what's he just doing? <laughs> and oh. the, only, the only thing I will say with the Rooney one, because I was closest to it, it did look like it come a little bit off his shin. A little bit. And that's been me being really, really <laughs> picky. Whereas the Ganacho one, it looked like it was all technique off his foot. So I'm going Ganacho's just better. I must admit, we were in the match of the day office on Saturday. And um, when Michael Olise scored that goal and I went, my goodness me. I mean, it really was very special. Got it in the halfway line, incredible turn, went down the touchline, cut in, went past the thing, cut in again. And then from the corner of the box, he bent it beautifully in the top corner. I was going, well, that's it. Goal of the season. It's done. That's it. It's all over. No one's going to beat that. And then I, 24 hours later, that was it. I mean, gee, I must say the, um, the um, November goal of the month is going to be a bit special. Just a bit. Just a bit. Oh. oh, dear. I, mean, I dear. didn't agree with you on Saturday about the Elise goal. It was a brilliant goal, but I never. I always thought there'd be one better than that. And we, I mean, I think it's over, isn't it? Competition over. That there's no, there's no, there's no better in that goal. Go Nacho. I think it was better than Rooney's. Me too. I just think it was. Do you know? Can you just try and try and imagine for the people <laughs> that have never played football? Try and imagine you've probably got I don't know second and a half or two seconds maximum from the time that ball leaves the touchline or the the crosser's foot to then. Making contact, so you've got to get up, you've got to flip. It was walking backwards away from goal. I mean, all of those, it was fucking out of this world. <laughs> yeah. I, as you know, I don't, I, I don't swear very often, so I have to swear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I mean, it was, you, yeah. oh, it was out yeah. of this world. It was just, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even have tried that thing. Well, well, that's the point really, isn't it? I mean, you wouldn't, I mean, you were saying that for people that don't really play the game or anything, but even for people that play the game, that have played the game right at the top, that was something extraordinarily special. I mean, there's been some great overhead kicks in the time. Gareth Bale, Champions League final. Uh, Ronaldo's, of course, Cristiano Ronaldo's, um, extraordinary one. And then, oh, is there a better one than that? You won't remember this, Micah. I'm going to test you now, Gaz. You might remember Danny Wallace, Southampton against oh, Liverpool before the Premier League. Yes, yes. Can you remember that? Yes, I can't. What about Trevor Sinclair? Trevor Sinclair yes. was more of a side, wasn't it? Yeah, Rather but, than, yeah, but it was unbelievable. That was outside the box as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, wow. it, it is special when you get a, a overhead. I remember playing in Japan and I did a few commercials. And every time I did a commercial, they went, "You can, can you do a bicycle kick? I went, <laughs> I went, what? I, I said, I don't... I said, it's not really my game. It's not really my game. But anyway, every every single commercial, they wanted a bicycle kick. And um, He and, thought and he was you... getting a fucking four-course meal. That's what he thought, a bicycle <laughs> kick. <laughs> <laughs> I did see a thing on, at the end of the game. Or no, it was actually at half-time, I think they did it. And they were talking about the XG 
and it and um and and, and Kelly Dalglish, no, it's not her fault, it's XG's fault. Um but and she read it out and it, she said that, that that was a point not eight XG, which means that he would score that eight times out of a hundred. And I'm thinking, eight times out of a hundred? You do that once in a million. <laughs> if you, you're you, lucky. If you're lucky. If you're I mean, lucky. Yeah, I mean, that. I must say that XG thing, I don't know who decides what the XG is and how, and I, I suppose it's all on algorithms and all this. I've, I've no idea how it actually works, but it, it just shows you what a nonsense it is. If you don't believe in the XG, like one or two of us don't, then that's the perfect <laughs> um, opportunity to say, what a pile of shit that was. Eight out of a hundred. Really? <laughs> but I want to take you, I want to take you guys to many, many moons ago, and yeah, you can Google it. It's on YouTube. Go in there and type Mike Richards overhead oh, kick. It wasn't in a game, admittedly. <laughs> it wasn't in a game? <laughs> what was it in then if it wasn't in a game and it's on YouTube? In your back garden? It was in training. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm just saying, I've been there. It might have not been on the pitch, but I've been there. I know what it feels like. Hey, I scored like 25 of them in training as well, but unfortunately no one recorded them. I I I think I I think in training if I'm really honest, I think I tr- I think I tried about probably 100 um, bicycle kicks and I think I scored about 8 of them. Hey. Hey. I scored one I scored one for England. Did you? Yeah. I scored one for England at the Stadium of Light, or I think it was England, might have been England, Belgium. Yeah, it was it was very similar to that to Garnacho's one. Have a look. Yeah, at right. Get it out, guys. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. I think if it had been, we'd have seen it many, many Honestly, times. I, I did it, and it was like it was a little bit lower than that. And I got up and I thought, oh my god, I'm in agony. I can't believe I've even tried that. And it was it wasn't even half as bad as the one was today. It was it was a ridiculous effort, but it, I, I might I might claim it. Yeah, I did it like a scissor kick kind of thing at, um, in Poland to qualify for the Euros. In '92, we were one nil down, and I came to the country's rescue <laughs> again. <laughs> the country's uh, rescue. There you go. Uh, it was actually the Everton um, the United game. I mean, it was it was quite odd, wasn't it? Because Everton like had way more shots and way more. Uh, chances to score but you know you've got to take it just shows you how you've got to take your chances that's it? exactly what Manchester United needed because they knew they, they were going into uh, into a hot pot uh, at the weekend with Everton and everything that's happened and they knew exactly what Goodison Park was going to be like and that was the perfect response to go in there score early try and quiet the uh, quiet in the crowd um, and yeah Man United did a job on them it, I thought it was much better from Man United you know I said last week didn't I that I didn't have a clue whether they were going to finish fourth or eighth, some something like that. But with performances like that against Everton, then um, they won't be far away from fourth. And my news debut, by the way. Brilliant, wasn't he? He was the best player for Man United, I thought. Yeah, he was. He really was excellent. And there was talking about him for, for a while now in terms of when's he going to get his chance and then he got his injury, played in pre-season... So it is good to see because Man United have always been known for bringing through top young talent. 
And because of the situation where they're trying to get back to the top, it's always been difficult for the youth to get a chance to, to see him come in and play like that, but play with authority, whether it was clearing one off the line, whether it was driving forward, whether it is getting the ball. This is what I love the most about young players. Getting on the ball in difficult positions and not like shying away from the ball. That's what I loved the most about his game today. And it was an excellent, really was an excellent game for him today. Well, I've won the Sunday matches, um, Aston Villa into the top four. I mean, what we've said before, what a job he's doing. It was probably a decent time to play Tottenham, obviously, with, with um, the back four all over the place and Madison missing as well. And, and Tottenham were pretty good in the first half. But they came back and they've got goals in them, haven't they? Um, Villa. Yeah, they're a threat. They're a threat. They've got pace. They've definitely got ability. And we've said it, haven't we? He's doing a fantastic job. Maybe, I know, rode their luck a little bit in the first half with Tottenham missing so many chances. But, um, yeah, they were impressive. Um, and they're not they're not going away because of, of, of him. He knows. He's been around the block. He's very clever, very astute. And um, he'll keep them up there, I think. Did you know that since the, I think, the September international break that Villa have got more points than anyone in the Premier League? And that's bloody impressive, isn't it? Incredible. They're better than when you played for them, Micah. <laughs> Can we put that to the side, please? The Villa fans have just <laughs> about come round. But yeah, it, it's so good to see. It is, honestly, it is so good to see. A, a lot of people, the way I left Villa, think I don't like Villa. I love Villa. I wish my time was better. To, to see him doing so well now, it's actually very good because I, I really did enjoy the people there. There's so many people behind the scenes who work so hard. So for them, they really do deserve it. And I'm excited now. We've talked the, the other day about where can they finish? Can they slip into that number five position and get that Champions League? And on the evidence that we're seeing, you would say yes. It's just whether you can keep it going for that amount of time, whether they've got the strength in depth, should they get one or two key injuries, I, I suppose. But, I mean, they're, you know, they're not only getting points, but they're, they're, they play very, very aggressive, attacking, you know, really enjoyable football, don't they? They've got good players, Gary, and they've made good signings as well. Um, it was a tough start, obviously, as we said, against Newcastle that first game, but they've, they've came back after that and been magnificent, yeah, been really good. We had an interesting match of the day on, on Saturday because there were so many good games. And um, the running order that we, we came up with that um, <laughs> in the end, was, it was almost like what you'd have said at the beginning of the day, it was like upside down because there were so many good games. And the two, obviously, you know, I suppose, games that we were expecting to be very special. Um, obviously, Manchester City uh, against Liverpool and, um, and and Arsenal playing at Brentford because what, what we assumed was once Manchester City you know dropped points that Arsenal could go top, and which they did. But they were the games that weren't quite as as attractive to watch as, as the games from the teams that probably featured sides near the bottom of the table so it was you know you had to wait to see the big games but I think that normally if, if this was in March it wouldn't have mattered We'd have, you, you know you lead with Manchester City against Liverpool then you show Arsenal to see if they could go top but I think in November um, it was it was decided in, in the office that no there was some really really great games from, from other teams and you don't always want to be just about you know the top four the top five clubs but um, let's 
talk about the Manchester City um, Liverpool game. Now, Michael, I know you were there. I saw you. And in fact, I saw you before the game and you were talking to um, the Liverpool goalkeeper, um, Alisson. And you, you know, you were look, considering he's not even a Man City player, you were kind of a bit crawly and all that. Oh, you're so good. And, <laughs> and, and at one point you said, I, I, no, you asked him a question, which was a reasonable question. You said that, you know, and the thing about you, you're the best in the league at one-on-ones and what's your secret? You're so great at it. And then obviously just, you know, a few minutes into the game, Haaland goes through and knocks it straight past him and it goes through him. So... <laughs> What, what, whatever you did to curse him, it worked, Michael. And that's why he's the ambassador of Manchester City. I bet you can't wait for his next interview with Michael Richards. <laughs> he's never speaking to him again. We, we, we call that reverse psychology, that one. <laughs> <laughs> but he is, though, isn't he? He is. He's brilliant. He's br- In fact, the two goalkeepers, they're both Brazilian, aren't they? And, uh, you know, Edison and Alisson, I mean, they are. They're, I mean, they're, they're right up there in the top few goalkeepers in the world, aren't they? I, I was watching one of the, the passages of play from, from, from Man City, and I was thinking 10 years ago, when you're trying to play out from the back, you would try and force it one way. And then if it's not on, you would go down the line. What Man City do, they go try to play out one way. If it's not on, the user keeper go the other way. Then they go straight through the middle. And you're talking about goalkeepers. Edison's composure on the ball is just, it's like nothing I've ever seen within the Premier League. It's just amazing to watch. And you know what's strange about the whole thing now? Normally when it goes back to the keeper, the crowd are like, kick it long or whatnot. When the ball goes back to Edison now and you can hear it at the at, at the game, the crowd's just really calm. Like, okay, he knows what he's doing. We <laughs> he's know so how we're playing. He's going to get us out of danger. And and then you've got Alisson at the other hand who's not so good with his feet, but there's a save from... From Haaland, did it take a, a deflection off Van Dijk and he, his position where he wants to be, the way he, he makes himself big, the way he waits before the striker sort of gets his head up and then he attacks it to close down the space. I just thought watching them two live, it was just really great to see, even though Alisson didn't have the best of, the, uh, of his games on the ball. On a slightly more serious note on the on the. Um, I thought, which was a good question that you you said to Alison. He was talking about his technique on one on ones, and and he was saying how he he tries to force the striker into doing what he wants him to do, and also obviously they want the striker to be the first to react. And which reminds me, exactly the same thing really for the striker, because what you want to do when you one on one with a goalkeeper is you want them to make the first move and 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 that's the key so it's a very similar things a different dynamic i mean i you know i've never really thought too much about the goalkeeper's perspective but it's 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 the same in in, in many ways isn't it alan yeah it's one of those who's going to who's going to blink first isn't it who who's going to move who's going to move first who's going to blink first who i'm going to try and throw the little dummy in to set you the little trap and he he's he's doing and thinking exactly the same you know so yeah it's really interesting can I just ask you two as, as strikers? So I, w- I was analysing Haaland's goal yesterday and I thought it was very clever. He sort of checked his shoulder and got in between two defenders. And then he, he, he must have took about a second and a half to control the ball, 
and then finish. And a lot of people say Allison maybe should have should have saved it. Are, are you thinking about let me get the shot off as quick as possible in that scenario? In that scenario, probably yes, because you've got two defenders coming in quickly and you need to get the shot off as quickly as you can. It really depends on, on the circumstances. If you get in behind, I mean, I, most, a lot of my goals are one-on-ones with goalkeepers because I, I was quick and I used to spin defenders and get behind and one-on-one. I used to love it when keepers would run out. Like, so they'd come out and then, you know, with the, you think if they're moving towards you and you're moving towards them, it's quite easily to, like, you just knock it. I used to go round them quite a lot if they'd do that because, A, um, it's really difficult for them to stop that. Um, and they tend to dive to try and get the ball and, and they'll either they'll either miss it completely and you run round them or they'll, they'll end up bringing you down. Um, so I, I used to do that. There's other times keepers that you know that, that will come out and maybe lay down early. So you, you might have that little dinky finish over them. Um, but it's, it's, it's almost like a brief second in time when you kind of somehow the brain evaluates the situations of every, any given moment. And um, best strikers, I suppose, are kind of work that out really quickly um, and, and carry it through. But the, the, every circumstance is a little bit different, really. Yeah, it is. But I, I also I also think about, you know, you're right, Micah, because I, I thought what Haaland did, and yes, it's all right to say, well, Alisson should have saved it, maybe. But the reason that he couldn't get down to it because Haaland didn't let him set himself, the goalkeeper. So Haaland takes the shot away early. Ollie Watkins did it at, at the weekend for Aston Villa. Trent did it in his shot for his goal at the uh, in that game also. There was, there was a scenario when Darwin Nunes went, went through... And then he tried to take the extra touch, and, the, and then before you, when you take the extra touch, it's too late. The defenders got there, and the keeper would have set himself anyway. So, it, yeah, you're right. You read this. You read the situation you're in, and getting your shot away early before the keeper can set himself, it doesn't often make it more difficult for the goalkeeper. What about Erling Haaland? Fifty goals <laughs> in forty-eight Premier League appearances. He is a goal-scoring machine. Um, we put up a graphic at the end of that the Manchester City in terms of the top people that were working on Match of the Day last night. Uh, Messrs. <laughs> Alan Shearer, Ian Wright, and myself. And let's put it this way: we were, we were nowhere near as quick as as Harlem, but. By the time he arrived, this was top flight football because football did actually exist. It really did before 1993. So it's top flight football. And um, he was a lot quicker than any any of us three. Um, although I was a lot quicker than Alan Shearer and Ian Wright. But, um, <laughs> but you used to play that, football, did you? I kicked it around a little bit. Did I'll, you? When, what, when was that? Um, when Next it, um, you'll be telling us you played for Barcelona or something. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And I kept you out of the England team for a while. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Only because you're about 12 years old. But I mean, what, 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 I know oh, he's come man. here already as a proven goal scorer, which is obviously the difference from us that came through as young players. Um, but still, even though he's playing an unbelievably good team, it's phenomenal. I mean, he's a proper goal poacher, isn't he? And- oh, it's outrageous. Outrageously good. Can you remember when one and two was judged as brilliant? Yeah, the game's changed. The game's changed a bit. <laughs> oh God, what a player! What a goal scorer! Yeah, I'm, unbelievable. I I just love the fact how he, he come with a lot of pressure, and now I see Haaland 
I'm more surprised when he doesn't score. So you know what? We had Ronaldo. Yeah, he scored. Of course, he scored. Messi scored or whatever. He go to the French League. He said Mbappé scored. And then Haaland, to take that weight when he trebled in his first season and continue the form as well. And a lot of people have said, well, you know, he's got Kevin De Bruyne, the best number 10 in, in the world. But Kevin De Bruyne has not been playing and he's still, he's still doing it. He's... A ridiculous player, unbelievable talent, and long may it continue. I hope he stays here for ten years. To be honest, I really do. As a, as a Manchester City ambassador, I'm sure you do. I don't think Alan does. <laughs> Only because he could be. <laughs> His record will be smashed. He won't stay when they get relegated to the National League for all the points deductions. Ooh. <laughs> I'm joking, Man City fans. Don't. I'll <laughs> decline to comment. You'll have to speak to my lawyer. I think you're absolutely totally out of order, Alan. I'm only joking. Don't come uh, Well, Just to I mean, try to wind Michael up. I think he'll beat the record by the time that comes around anyway. With, yeah, he will. But, he'll do it in the next three or four years, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's very special. Yeah. And quickly before, before we move on, so in terms of you, you explained Nunes there, and that's what I was going to talk to you about. So when you two are in that situation, and it happens to all of you, you take a bad touch. Is that then looking for a different club in your bag, as it were? Is the chip on or is something? It's almost like he took a bad touch and then he panicked, if you know what I mean? I have no idea, Micah. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. I knew it. You just, you just set him right up again, Micah. <laughs> it's horrible. It's horrible. No, I'm no, uh, just kidding. Obviously, I've done plenty of bad touches in my career. I wasn't, I wasn't the most skillful player ever. Uh, but I, I, it, I always used to think it's mad how the 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 brain computes things in a in a split second. So in those circumstances, yes, sometimes you sometimes you recognise instantly that you need to hit it quick. And I used to do hell of a lot of training finishing, particularly when I was younger. And we had a goalkeeper at Leicester who was an amazing character called Mark Wallington. He was Leicester goalkeeper for years. He was really actually quite funny as well. I mean, for example, we'd we'd play we'd play games and you know, the ball goes behind the goal. And in those days, you, you only had one match ball. And so you had to wait till it came back from the crowd. And say we were winning a game, he'd go and someone would throw it back to him. And, and as the ball came, he'd pretend to catch it. And then, you know, when you bounce it off your, your, the bicep and you bounce it straight back to the max and pretending. And, got, <laughs> and, he'd also, and, and, and he used to do this other thing. And it oh, used to crack me up. He used to put the, for a goal kick, right? So a goal kick, he put the ball on the edge of the six yard box. And then in our day, sometimes he'd put it in the middle and he'd run back. You know, he'd, he'd lean on the net and then he'd, go, he'd pretend to be stuck in it. Honestly, but he was incredibly helpful to me in finishing. He used to say in certain circumstances, if you hit it like really quick before the goalkeeper set or, you know, and make the keeper commit. And he was really, he was really helpful. Um, a, a, a great, he was a great personality <laughs> and lots of fun. Brilliant. Amazing. Amazing. So are we talking Newcastle before the break or after the break? <laughs> Oh, I, I, I need time to contemplate this. Uh, let's have a breather. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. 
I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to The Rest is Football with Alan Shearer, Micah Richards and myself, Gary Lineker. Um, Alan's got a big smile on his face. I can see it. He's ready. We're about to talk. Toon, toon, toon. <laughs> They're back out, back in four. What a result it was for them with all the, uh, with all the injuries they've got. Um, given the young boys. They had a the decent academy. 11 though. Yeah, they had a decent 11. Um, but still, I mean, I don't know how many injuries, what, 10 injuries they, they've got, I think, um, which for any team will be tough to carry. So three academy boys got on towards the end. Another 17-year-old started. Was, was brilliant. Great. I mean, what a, what a day for him, Lewis Miley, playing in, in the midfield against the might of Chelsea and some of those big hitters in there that they've spent gazillions on. So for, uh, for him and his family, what a day, but... Big big win for Newcastle that was. Do you know what? Do you know what I thought though? I thought they overpowered them the second half. But how about when you look at um, Thiago Silva, who's been a great of the game, and I know we have all poor games. And I thought it was it was it was it was a bit sad to see because he made two huge errors: one for one goal, one that he gave a, a corner as well in the first half. And I know how fit he is and everything else, and he's he hardly ever misses a game, but. I felt t- tough for him yesterday, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, it, it comes to us all in the end, but it is remarkable. I mean, what is, I mean to, you know, he's all coming up to 40 years old and, and to be to playing at the level that he has, it's, it, it, it's, it's a wonder. But um, yeah, you just hope, I think, sometimes with players of, of that magnitude that the decision comes eventually down to them rather than a decision that's, that's forced on them. Well, you know, I'm not saying that you know, that time has come, but um, it's inevitable. It's an, whoever you are, whoever you are no, at some point. Good. It wasn't good to see with someone who's been so great over the years. But yeah, it was a great win for Newcastle and um, yeah, onwards and upwards. 
Yeah, I've never seen Pochettino quite so cross. I think one of his quotes says, I was very, 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 I think there were five <laughs> verys um, before he said the word angry about the way we didn't compete and, and, and stuff like that. And, um, you know, that's, that's and he, he wasn't a happy man after the game. And I understand why. They weren't at it really, were they, Chelsea? No, they were poor. The uh, Newcastle overpowered them down the hill in the second half towards the Gallagher end. They couldn't cope with the intensity made mistakes, weren't really at it. Um, Rhys James given the captaincy and then getting sent off stupidly. Um, so yeah, it was, a, it was a really poor day for them, particularly as everyone, as we all thought that, they'd shown a bit of form and is this the start of things to get a lot better for Chelsea? But um, yeah, two forward and one back for them. Where else, Micah, do you hear the words they were kicking downhill in the second second half? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait, ex- explain to people what you mean. Please, Alan, because it's I've played there. You've played there, but the younger audience might not know. You go to St. James's Park, wonderful people, wonderful stadium. You could be in, in the first half, you're absolutely breezing the game. Oh, this is easy. What's everyone talking about? The second half, it comes at you like a slap in the face. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, you know what it's like? It's like going on a treadmill but putting the gradient to about 10 and trying to run, you get cramped after about 75 minutes. It's, honest to God, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Sort your pitch out, Alan, will you? It's the, it is that hill from, the, from that end, the Leases end, down to the Gallagher end. I think I'm, I think I'm right in saying it's about six or seven foot, something like that in difference. But yeah, Micah, we've seen you over the years treading fucking water up that hill. Don't worry. We can remember it. That was You're like in quicksand, hill. wasn't you? You were in quicksand trying to get back. <laughs> do you know what? I, do you know what? I played, at, I played at St. James's Park many times and I actually had quite a few good games there and a few goals, but... I can't remember the slope, but when I went there a couple of times doing TV, I, I thought, blimey, there is an actual slope. And I, I, it's weird how you don't notice They always things. try and shoot down the hill second half. Yes. Yes, you do. Yes. I think we'll, sh- I mean, obviously we've got to mention Arsenal because they've gone to the top of the league. Um, they were the top of the league at this time last season. Um, they've not been banging in the goals quite like they did last season, but they have been very, very sound uh, defensively. I think one of us is actually tipping for the title. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think those words might come back to haunt me, but who knows? Who knows? Um, yeah. So, I, you know, they, they dug it out yesterday. It's a tough place to go and get points, um, Brentford. It's hard. Um, they stuck at it. And can't, you have to be pleased for, for Havertz, I think, because he's had a tough time since he came, not just to Arsenal, but to England. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I, I'd i like to start with Saliba first, since you mentioned uh, d- defensively. Oh, I he's just a think player, he's isn't he? He's a better so good. and better. To think he wasn't in the plans a couple of years ago. Went on loan, went about his business, come back into the team, so assured on the ball, positioning is getting better, so strong, so fast, leads by example. He's just... Great. He's like a young Rio Ferdinand. That, that's what I would say. He's like a young Rio Ferdinand. He's got all the capabilities to be the very best in, in the world. Van Dyke had that for a, for a while. Uh, Ruben Diaz as well uh, over the last couple of seasons has been magnificent. And then Saliba is the one who could really challenge for that number one spot if he 
continues to improve, do the right things, um, and obviously playing a competitive team, which Arsenal are, I think he's going right to the very top. That was a massive result for Arsenal. Didn't play particularly well. Obviously, the goalkeeping situation, Ramsdale, could have gone horribly wrong early in the game for him. He got away with one mistake, but keeping a clean sheet. Havertz coming on as a sub hasn't worked for him at all at Arsenal yet and getting the, uh, getting the winning goal. Um, so overall, it was a great weekend for, uh, for Arsenal. It was quite interesting at the end. Um, I, I don't know whether you saw it, Micah, but... Um... Yeah, I saw it. Oh, Ian Wright, friends. Let's all video Ian Wright. Let's all take pictures. What about Big Meeks? Well, you weren't there. <laughs> I wasn't going to talk about... That wasn't the point that I was going to make, actually. But at the end, I mean, yeah, right. He was kissing the television and everything. It was, it was quite amusing. Um, um, you know, it's all right, Mike. You don't need to worry. You don't need to worry. You're, placed, you, you know, you're playing well at the moment. There's no, there's no danger to your position. Um, but it was quite, it, it was quite interesting at the end of the game that um, Arteta went up and obviously he was so pleased for, for Havertz and I totally understand that. But he almost dragged him to the Arsenal fans with, with his arm around his neck with it and, and pulled him along. And you could see Havertz think, I think he was thinking, this is a bit embarrassing. And he was taking him to the fans to get to get the round of applause. And I thought it was slightly patronising, um, but um, it, it, he, he deserved he deserved his round of applause from from the Arsenal travelling fans. Um, so, you know, well done, um, Havertz. What about Luton as well? By the way, Luton's first win at Kenilworth Road in the Premier League. I know, big for them as well, especially what's yeah, happened to uh, what's happened to Everton. So that was a huge win for them, wasn't it? How, how was it? How, how did they play? Obviously, I, I missed that game because I was working. I watched you on Match of the Day uh, on, on Saturday night. I mean, Palace had their chances. Palace had their chances. and um, But, you know, Luton are gritty. They have a go. And Micah, I'm, I'm going to give you a little bit of credit here because you've said it a number of times and you've done your analysis and um, about how good they are at set pieces. And once again, another goal from a well, set Well, thank piece. you, sir. Well, thank you. They also get a lot of crosses in. I think more than any other side. There was a, we had a um, graphic at the Successful end of the game. Successful crosses, Gary. Apparently, whatever. Oh yeah. right, okay. That's another one. <laughs> no. like XG. So, what's it? Is a successful cross when it ends up in the back of the net, or is it? What, what, <laughs> you tell what, me. How does that work? Uh, a successful crosses. Well, well, I think it said they'd had forty successful crosses. Uh, and they've certainly not scored 40 goals. So no. um, <laughs> yeah. it's weird. These things. Uh, do you think this is like a, an Americanization of our sport? The fact that people need stats. Is that? Yeah. Yeah, you know yeah I mean? absolutely. Because yeah. they, they're obsessed with stats in America. No, they are. Yeah, it's, it is. It's gone that way. Yeah. I think Wrighty also said it, didn't he? On, um, on Saturday night, Gary, that uh, apart from the first two games and the Aston Villa game, I think, other than that, they've been in every game. They've yeah. lost by the odd goal and they've been in every game. So I think whoever, particularly if you're going there, you know that you're going you're gonna to be in for, uh, for, a, for a rough ride. Yeah, Rob Edwards is, 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 is galvanised a team. He's got them going, hasn't he? He's got the, you, you look at them man for man compared with a lot of teams and you think, cool, it's going to be difficult for them. But, you know, they've got a presence um, and, and they're, they're doing all right. They're doing all right. Not too bad. 
um, at all. Um, tough day for Burnley again, wasn't it? You just thought, right, they've got a goal ahead. Um, they've got a penalty, uh, which was a little bit of a dubious penalty, but they, I think they certainly should have had one um, earlier in the game. Um, so, you know, do two wrongs, make a right, maybe. Um, but um, once they got ahead, you thought, right, this is it. Maybe they're going to... And then they kind of, I don't know, it just didn't happen for them. They're struggling, struggling. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I was the one who said I, I fancy him to get out of the... Mid-table, you said. The ring. What did I say? Ten... <laughs> <laughs> um, in 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 Sir Vincent Company, I trust, especially as a as a captain. But I, I I I'm starting to agree with 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 Alan and Alan's right about a lot of things. I'll give him his credit. But I just I just believed that at some time it would click in some game in some moment it would all come together and. It's still naive. If you don't keep clean sheets, you're not going to win any games, are you? you, you, you literally, you, it's almost like even when they do score, you're like thinking, when are they going to concede? And if they don't shore it up at the back, then, yeah, I'm starting to feel the worst. But I'm not giving up hope yet. Until until after Christmas, I'm not giving up hope on No, me. no, no, quite rightly so. Um, do, do you think, though, is is it a case, really, of have they got the players? Have they got what it needs to, to stay up? Or is it a question of the tactics, which is what you've kind you know, of intimated? There's a, there's a few things for me, guys. Um, there's, a, there's a fine balance, isn't there? I mean, we, you said it yourself. Look, at we mentioned Luton. Palace missed two absolute sitters in the last couple of minutes, didn't they? When that, that all could have been very different for Luton. They didn't, and all of a sudden, it's like great for Luton and their confidence and everything else. And that, but that doesn't happen to uh, to Burnley. But I, but I have to say, I, I'm actually starting to feel a bit sorry for the goalkeeper. I, I, James I would Trafford. concur with that. He looks, yeah. It, you just it worry looks, that it might damage him because yeah. he's very young, isn't he? Yeah, um, yeah, it's a big ask for him to keep every single week. I mean, he, he, I think he's. There's no doubt about it. He's a very good goalkeeper. But at this level, it looks as if the presence, certainly when crosses are coming into the box, he's. He's uh, he's struggling, and I think it may have uh, may have affected him. And I'm, I do feel a bit sorry for him at the minute. It's 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 a tough one. You know, we talked about Luton doing well and finding a little bit of form, but also Bournemouth under Iraola. They look like they're starting to understand his style of plays is settling in. And what's that? Three wins in the last four. Uh, Premier League games and um, they're scoring a few goals, uh, Micah. Yeah, and you know who's really impressed me? That Semenya. You know, I, I was watching the highlights of the game as soon as I got back from, from work and every time I see him, he's he's very direct. He plays the, the, the pass at the right time. Obviously, it's down to, to the manager because when we said and we analysed him at the start of the season... We could see what they were trying to do. Didn't quite work. But like you said, Gary, it seems now that the players have bought in to what he's trying to do. And then it's down to the players to implement that. And now it looks like they have. We mentioned before on one of the previous podcasts, you know, Solanke's so pivotal for, for what the needs with his runs and his holding up. But now it looks like they're moving together as a team. We're not just relying on one person. We're starting to see rotations we're starting to see patterns but most importantly we're starting to see him put the ball in the back of the net which helps indeed um i want to talk about 
Brighton, they had the first win for quite a long time. Um, and and the reaction at, at the end of the game where um, De Zerbe charged onto the pitch. Steve Cooper had the hump a bit, I think, because he didn't shake his hand. Um, I think he was caught up in the emotion of things um, and De Zerbe. But... Um, I mean, I you know, some people are quite critical of that, aren't they, with nowadays? I mean, it's become a thing, isn't it? Massively celebrating a victory at the end of the game. But I quite, I quite like that. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't like the celebration police or whatever they call them. People that, <laughs> oh, yeah, we shouldn't be doing that. You've only won three points. You're not like you won the league. But, you know, clubs like, you know, Brighton or Forest or, or Luton or, you know, Burnley or whoever it is down there, well, they're not going to win a league, are they? So, you know, <laughs> enjoy your successes. What's wrong with that? I mean, he went he went absolutely bonkers. Then he ran around for, like a headless chicken for about five minutes. I just think he, feel, he thought because of all the injuries and the sending off and everything else, he thought a bit hard done by. And it was such a huge relief for him and, and the football club. And I mean, yeah, like it was... It was a bit over the top, but I don't mind that. It's a bit of passion. It's a bit of yeah. I don't. I, I quite enjoyed him to be honest. I like him. I like his personality. I I love him. He's, he's I like I like passion. Yes, we like that. Of course we do. You should always shake the manager's hand first, though. I I agree with that. But after that, do what you want. There's emotions in the game. That's what people need to understand. And it's for people like us, pundits, presenters. Giving Brighton so much credit, how they play and getting into Europe. And then when you're not playing at the level that you want to be, you do get frustrated. And he's mentioned that right across the, the, the season. So when you get a good win, of course, celebrate how you want. Absolutely. Uh, we always like to keep our eye on things across Europe as well. And... Um, I think we've mentioned him before, but um, Xabi Alonso, have you seen his record He's this season at Bayer Leverkusen? They're, they're top of the league, ahead of um, Bayern Munich, who also won 1-0. Another goal for Harry Kane, of course, on, on Friday night. But Xabi Alonso's scored, his team scored over 50 goals, I think. 16 wins and a draw. <laughs> I mean, he's obviously got something. It's, it's funny, I was thinking about a, a lot of the top coaches are kind of holding midfield players, aren't they? You know, you, you've got yeah, Guardiola and Alonso, Arteta, uh, Xavi. Not that he was Oof. that holding, but yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Do you think perhaps uh, that n none of us are holding midfield players? That's why we've got, that's why we've got into telly. Because <laughs> we haven't got a clue. <laughs> also, why do you think we've got a fucking podcast? <laughs> Uh, but, um, right, let's finish. I suppose moment of the week, it's got to be Garnacho, hasn't it? Yeah. It's got to be. Of course it is. I mean, you don't get any better. That's, you know, that that, that only happens eight times out of every hundred goes. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Has to be. It has Incredible. to be. Incredible. It was. It really was. Right, that's it from us uh, for this week. So, um, goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Thanks. Cheers, all. I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katty Kay, US Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics US, brought to you by Goalhanger. 
Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, or people <laughs> will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. It was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? <laughs> well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii. Okay. And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics US wherever you get your podcasts.